1: Fishing
0: like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing
1: Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
0: Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Mm. We do this on every episode, and we're just going to start right out of the gate. The veteran shout-out segment, we want to give a big thank you to um roger troxell man i hope that's how you spot roger t-r-o-x-e-l-l submitted by brian owens man i am so bad at uh, pronouncing this i'm sorry we all are that's um branch funny. army um this is what brian submitted for this veteran shout out just an outstanding nice guy served in the army from 06 to 11 went to iraq in 20 uh 2007 to 08 and in afghanistan in 2010 to 2011 he uh, was the local admin IT and in charge of the system and all the vehicles, radios, GPS, antennas, etc. He's not into archer or hunting, but he's always expressed an interest. Well, let's get let's get Roger involved in hunting. Come on, Roger! Thank you so much for your service, man. We appreciate the hell out of you. And Brian, thank you for su- submitting this veteran. Um, that's cool. I like you know yeah. he's not a hunter, but he's on the on the brink. Maybe yeah. him listening to this podcast will you know make him take the jump and. Get a bow and take that leap. If anything, right. he might uh he might just find Archery. Thank you, Roger, for your service. Thank yeah, you, thanks, dude. guys. Thanks Thank for submitting you. that. Um this podcast audio might sound a little echoey and we apologize. So the situation that's in last episode, the house wasn't sold yet, but my house has sold. And we are officially moving studios, so there's no deer heads in here in here anymore. So looking bare. Most like inner city podcasts have like those foam squares on the ceiling or on the walls that helps dampen the echo. ours Our foam squares were deer heads. (laughs) Um, They're made of foam and hair and hide and leather and all sorts of goodies. (laughs) Figured out. And uh, yeah, so until we get moved. Um, we got less than a month, so just a handful of episodes left in the in the original Buckatorium, the OG. Oh, it's kind of scary, man. Gonna need a new name. We don't know what the new name of the studio is yet till we record there. Uh, my feeling is that Steve is gonna try and name it right off on an episode, like off the top of his head, and, and fail. And we're gonna have to actually go to the drawing board and name it. We Why do it just a drawing board right away. Do we, do we <laughs> call it the Buckatorium 2.0? <sighs>
1: That's a little long.
0: Buckatorium squared. Generic. That's too generic.
1: Well, we'll we'll um we'll have to get in there and see it. Yeah, what you know, the field out. out? Yeah, exactly. We're
0: probably gonna throw our podcast table that we have in now back in that and in, in the new studio and get recording. But I think we're gonna do we're gonna revamp it because it can't be the same. You know, like I think this table has to be retired eventually, whether it gets chopped up and used as like a
1: side equipment table. Or whatever we want to do. It. It. Or burn it. <laughs> we or a bar. What if we make it exactly like this? Like brown trim and the paneling and everything?
2: Put up walls where it cuts everything <laughs> yeah. off. I, I don't think I want
1: as much wood. Do you know what I mean? His teeth were made of wood.
0: I love the way this looks <laughs> in this studio here, but I want like one solid accent wall where the deer heads go and just like, I want it clean and classy and... Hey, you've seen the room, so we don't even know yeah. Yeah. what yeah. it looks like. <laughs> You'll see what I'm envisioning when we get there. Okay. Um, cool. Thank you all for listening. We we just want to say thank you for your support. Um, we just recently found a thread hating on us on Archery Talk, so we know we've made it. Um, and we want to thank the people that were in that thread going to bat for us. That's fucking awesome. Feels good, man. Um, we Start just from the bottom. Hey, now we're here. So, Honestly,
1: I didn't even know Archery Talk was still a thing.
0: Like <laughs> Dude, I didn't even know that. You got to be like fifty eight or older and have zero fun in your life except Archery Talk. Right. It's kind of a hateful place dude it, it is. is it's, it's all na- it's all negative shit <laughs> it's the dark arts pick any thread and
1: someone's hating on somebody yeah i
0: read a bunch of them on uh, facebook live i was like man it's like the web md of honey <laughs> and i have cancer you know WebMD. you're like man i got this weird coffee look it up it's like oh dude you have your like, testicular cancer <laughs> yeah you're dying <laughs> you got three months to god live, bro. damn
2: it <laughs> some jungle fever you're like what yeah. son of a
0: <laughs> damn but that's archery talk uh the podcast um, since all we do is rip on Steve and talk about our sponsors podcast is brought to you by HHA sports. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, we have a code for HHA WCB 15 for listeners. That's the code. Save yourself some money on a new Tetra or a new Kingpin for yourself. Um, also Scent Crusher, North American whitetail championship. The, in my, our opinion, the best, um, hunting championship out there you can win a ton of prizes, hunts, all that code WCB 25 to enter uh seat. Um, awesome replacement seats for tree stands, even, like, sporting events. I- I- events. If you have a, a kid that you hunt with and you have, like, a double-seater, um, like, ladder stand, they make replacement uh, thermo... I don't know what the, what the word is. Thermo seats for kids. Help them keep them warm. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, Victory Archery. We're all shooting the RIP TKOs. Um, Element Outdoors. That's our new lineup for closing this year for hunting. It's awesome stuff. Can't wait to use it. Elite Archery. We're all shooting the 30 or the 35 i love i love you're the hype guy for this awesome awesome bows love my bow okay keep keep it going i like this lone wolf custom gear code wcb best stain out there <laughs> great cameras um big time we don't have a code because joe Humphreys hates us but dear i love it
1: great,
0: great food Hunter's blend it. coffee working class 10 or i don't class drink 5-10. coffee i'm not a coffee guy but i heard it's delicious it's amazing <laughs> and gator outdoors they wrap trailers and sell shit they do a good job. Great guys. <laughs> <laughs> they do a good job. Hey, Wade. Dude, things are getting close. So I, I kind of – I was talking to Cameron today since we worked together, and I'll be honest, guys. I'm tired of podcasting about what we've been podcasting about, to be completely transparent. Okay. I'm ready. This is going to be the start of that. I'm ready for hunting season, man. I'm ready. Like It was kind of the summer party is over. Like no. I'm, I'm ready for it, but I'm not prepared for it. I hear you. No, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, well, we kind of picked a bad time
1: to buy houses, but yeah.
0: No, I hear you, man. It's I'm Ugh. ready to talk hunting. I'm ready to go hunting. I'm already. I just need to go hunting for a while yeah. and come back and be refreshed. Yeah, you I, know? Yeah. Want, just, I want to hear all the stories again. Yeah, just get up and sit in the tree. It's like I have cabin fever. You take yeah. a breather then. Yeah. 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 You're saying, yeah. Yep. Trade shows in the summer are tough. Yeah, we had a great time at uh, they take a, Deer and Beer They take Fest, a but, toll on you after a while. Oh man, they they
1: do. They Deer
0: and Beer by the end, I'm like, I, I'm like a shell of a man. I know. <laughs> I was like,
1: I'm like, I'm so over these trade shows already. Well, <laughs> but it was so much fun. Well, when it they're in the fun. spring,
0: you you kind of like hunting seasons trickle down. You kind of have cabin fever. You kind of been by yourself hunting your ass off. So True. it's cool to like see all your buddies you haven't seen for a year, and then summer happens you're doing this and then you like the trade show ha- happen in summer and you're like all right that's cool but you you just want to get hunting yeah. yep so yeah. what, what it's are you all do? about anyway we have kevin venison's back remember uh what steve called him kevin venison on the last episode and that's how i literally refer to him um from deer hunter podcast we're we get him on we are talk about hunting talk about all sorts of stuff we're both busy we're all busy god damn you can't slow down that's when you die no nah.
1: yeah you gotta keep moving
0: Slow down, you die. We, we need to make a shirt, but that's just sad, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is sad. I don't think anybody will buy that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they will for sure. <laughs> At least one person would. <laughs> Maybe. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll cut into it. We appreciate it.
1: Work, keep Work,
0: All right, guys, we have Kevin Venison on from Deer Hunter Podcast, and it's been a while since we had a chance to catch up, man. So what's going on? Thanks for coming back on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've been excited to catch up with you. I mean, you and I talk pretty much, uh, I guess pretty much every week or every other, you know, every couple of weeks, me and you chat for 15 or 20 minutes. But it seems difficult nowadays to set time aside and allocate time, like, a period of time to actually sit down and have a conversation so uh, i know i know it seems like we've been trying
0: to, to uh we've been trying to map out a podcast for a f- oh, shit i would say a, a year. few months but it might be a year <laughs> since last time honestly because we talked about it We're like oh yeah we'll get together we'll do another podcast but i know what it's like to have my podcasting schedule with the boys and get everybody together and, and guests and all that and you're doing the same thing on the other end
2: yeah, it's a damn shame how fast time goes by when you uh have a family and you're working and uh it's it's kind of a pity, you know, life's not that long and uh these years right now, I mean I hope it slows down a little bit, but I was just talking to a buddy yesterday and I could have swore we hung out like a couple weeks ago and he's like, Dude, that was Halloween the, like the
1: last time we hung out. And I'm <laughs> like, before man, last that deer season, bro. <laughs>
2: what the hell? my kid just got his Halloween costume for this year. Like we're that's coming up and uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's just, it's, it, it really is. So I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, I bet you it was late summer last time we, we sat down and did this. So
0: yeah, I have to check. I don't even remember what episode number it was. Actually, our boy D rock just shared the episode as like, it must've popped up as like a memory or something on Facebook. Probably. Um, so it probably was, yeah, right. About a year ago. But for people who don't know, like I guess we should lay it out. Like you are with Deer Hunter Podcast. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with your show because if you're that into podcasting, you know other podcasts because you've you either listened to them already or you've you, you know you jump back and forth between the two shows. But I guess it, it's there's probably someone who's listening who didn't listen to the last one, so you might as well just talk about who you are and what you do, and we'll just go from there.
2: Yeah, I think it work, works that way. Majority of guys <laughs> m- might know, but, you know, the way people find podcasts every day now, you know, those yep. social media posts and people are sharing stuff. You know, you just brought up D-Rock, and he shares a lot of stuff. And people, I'm sure you get it, you know, people messaging it even though. How long have you been doing your podcast for?
0: Our show's next, this winter would be five years. Five years, yep.
2: And I'm sure people are still, you know, to this point, just finding your stuff and going back through your your catalog, and I'm always surprised. I mean, but there's a lot of content out there now.
0: Okay, we dropped a call. I was going to ask you, how long have you guys been doing your show?
2: So I think we're going on three years. I honestly can't keep track of anything right now. Things have been so busy, but uh, I I believe this would be the third summer that I did it. You know, I started in the spring of, what, 2016. So we're going on three years, and... Man, it seems like uh, it seems like a long time, really. I'm I'll that is a you, long I'm,
0: time though, man. For the podcast game, you know that's a long time to commit to doing it weekly and and just all the behind the scenes stuff. And it's a lot more work than people think to, to be consistent and really try and make something out of it.
2: Dude, it's kind of like a um, it's kind of like a girlfriend uh, <laughs> in the regards of it's like new and exciting when you start it and there's like a ton of motivation, but. <laughs>
1: It's so as, that, true.
2: as that motivation <laughs> as it becomes the normal i mean it it is you said it's work and it is i spent a lot of hours committed to this and uh, to be honest with you i missed my episode this week it's just a product of like the the things i had to get done this week the priorities that i had and even though this one is way up at the top there was so many that superseded it that i, I just couldn't get to it and I apologize to our audience. I mean, I will on uh, next week when we put a show out, but, and I work full time. Uh, I do this. I have a a young family. My wife works full time. There is so much going on that sometimes, and you know, when I first started this, I would throw anything to the wind to make sure I didn't miss an episode. Yeah. But you know, sometimes your family's not going to respect and appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I got a lot of. I give you guys a lot of props because you put out a lot more content than I do in general, and uh, I'm just I'm appreciative of. Uh, I know the behind the scenes work ethic that goes into it, and you guys are you guys are hardcore, man.
0: Thanks, well, thank you, yeah, thanks. It is a ton of work, and I, I think people don't get it. Not not a lot of people are willing to go full throttle though either. Um, like especially like they don't have the mindset from the get go. Like you guys have been in for that long, like you guys aren't going anywhere. We've been around pushing five years. Like we're not going to go anywhere. Uh, maybe, maybe, but (laughs) last episode right here. Yeah. So it's it's one of them things.
2: I encourage anybody that's interested in doing it to, to give it a shot. I tell people all the time. I mean, I get inquiries. People say, Hey, we like your sound quality. We're thinking about starting a podcast and I have an audio guy and I'll just, I'll send them over to him and I I hope it works out for him. That's great. You know, uh, The more deer hunting content the better and everybody likes a little different flavor but i've noticed as of recently that a lot of the guys that or a lot of the shows that started before us or around us or just after us Mm -hmm. they've 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 stopped putting out episodes or maybe they get one out a month and i I think people come to figure out i was like Man, this is a dick load of work and <laughs> you know, for the return on the investment, you yeah, you, you definitely it is a labor of love. Yep. I mean there's no other way around it.
0: For sure. I guess I will add too, like you how you said to encourage anyone to start. We have our first setup and I'm moving, so I'm trying to get rid of stuff. The first setup that I bought when Steve bothered the shit out of me to buy a podcast setup, I'm gonna put that together with this old uh, our first audio uh amplifier and all that and i'm gonna make like a little podcasting kit so if someone wants to buy that kit off of us i'd be willing to sell that for a fair price just so i the og kit yeah just so i don't have to put it in a box like everything works perfectly fine it's a it'd be the perfect starter podcast kit so if you're interested reach out because i could put something together and ship it out it might money. be,
2: it mu- it might be a little too late when people are hearing this for that opportunity to exist. Because I might be buying that shit just to put it up on the wall. Here, <laughs> here on podcast, you know what I mean? Like a little glass case and shit. Like, yeah, uh, the word get a, get it autographed by buy all we'll, you guys and everything. Like, we will sign it for you <laughs> for for real. No, I mean that's that's uh, that's legit. That's a, a piece of history and in, in what you've done. And I I made the statement i've been making the statement i don't think there's ever been a better time right now to be a deer hunter and i think a product of that is the amount of you know the amount of energy that people that are passionate about the sport are putting into the content and the accessibility of the content yeah like Mm -hmm. if you wanted to start from ground zero right now and deer hunt you could obtain the amount of information that would have taken a lifetime 20 years ago
0: that's no shit for sure yeah Huh. Yeah, that that's true. That, that is true, and and it's crazy it's- if you think of it that way. Like that's a ton of information that you can grab. Because where did you go to hear? Like, I mean, name whoever your bow hunting hero is. Where did you go to hear them tell a legit story? Like right. you sat with them. Nowhere. You had books. Yeah, you had books, and you had whatever snippets you could get from hunting shows, and it was never just talking. No. No, you just went out there and figured it out for yourself, you know? Yeah. I mean, who wants to read a book, you know? (laughs) Not this guy. (laughs) 2019, man. Come on.
2: Hard pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. (laughs) New things. No, I I need the audio because I I don't have... that's crazy. If I sat down to read a book, I would be asleep in 90 seconds. Yeah,
1: exactly. Especially
0: yeah, with all just, working class guys, everyone can relate. You sit down to read a book, you're sleeping, man. You got up early, you bust your ass all day, you got off late. You, I'm not reading a book, I'm drinking a beer. Yeah, you're you're wrangling <laughs> the kids, you you're doing all the shit. Like, book time is nap time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just never a good um, – that was never a great learning method for me. I've got the ADD thing for sure where I – my mind wanders, but, but audio, I can, you know, I can be driving to work and listen to an audio book or a podcast and I soak that stuff in. Well, I mean, that literally when podcasts, when I discovered podcasts that, that changed my life. And obviously, I mean, I was so, I liked it so much that I decided to kind of be part of the whole, uh, be a cog in the, in the wheel. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, it's, that's how I learn. I, I've never been able to, to sit down and it's it's always been a struggle for me whereas other other methods work good but yeah i can kill two birds with one stone i you know if i'm on a job site by myself all day running service uh i can be plugged in and, and learning stuff all day so yeah not only is the access to information there and a ton of information but the gear nowadays is ridiculous i mean take your pick and the the clothing the tree stands the bows i mean it's yeah. There's never been more options and better options for any way you want to spin it to go deer, hunting.
0: Yeah, that's true right too. Yeah, it's cool with podcasts, you can plug yourself into the conversation, which that's what makes it easier for a lot yeah. of guys like, you know, you it's, feel like you're with. You ever seen that meme online that says how I feel listening to podcasts and there's like that chick eating a bowl of cereal next to a billboard of people talking <laughs> and like she's like laughing with them. That's what podcasting <laughs> is. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's super relatable and you feel yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, obviously I've never I've uh I've never spent a bunch of time personally with Joe Rogan, but I feel like I know that guy real well
1: and it's right. just,
2: a, just a product of being plugged into his outlet all the time and Well, I'll
0: tell you, I have spent a lot of time personally with Joe Rogan and he's nothing like <laughs> you depict on his kid. <laughs> <In this case, laughs> nothing at all. You guys are like best friends, right? Yeah, yeah he kind of sucks, but he does a good job on his show. I'm just kidding. I don't believe that at all. That dude's he's he's the god of podcasts. You know, like he is the he he has made what podcasting is today on every platform. Oh, for sure. Um, no matter what subgroup you're in, what genre, he is the reason why podcasting is so big. Yep. And it'd be hard to argue that.
2: I I feel it even is larger than that. I feel like. That guy's impact on society is measurable. And that's a hard thing to say nowadays just because there's so many outlets and there's so much media and there's so many small groups and demographics. But his audience is so big and he keeps it so real and he talks to so many people. I mean, he, he said, what, they get like 20 million downloads an episode? Yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable. Real and he there's does like bigger,
0: bigger numbers than uh, he was breaking it down on his own show. I think they get they get way bigger numbers in Saturday Night Live. They get way bigger numbers, I think, than like CNN and Fox News. He does bigger numbers than it's them.
1: Crazy. Um, it's just a new time. Yeah, but I mean, when you yeah. talk to someone, you're like, "Hey, do you listen to podcasts?" And nine times out of ten, they say, "Oh yeah, Joe Rogan." Yeah. yeah. Yep. Nine times out of ten, that they'll say that. Yeah. That's, well, it's big.
2: I mean, there's. There's reasons why things like marijuana getting legalized are happening. Um,
0: yeah, changing mindsets, honestly.
2: It, it's, it's people getting out honest information and good information to a, a large number of people. I mean, that is a ton of people. So yeah. that's why I was saying, I mean, if you could look outside of it, I, I bet you that that guy – uh when it's said and done has a measurable impact on like you know social standards at least here in this in this country i don't know who's bigger i don't know who's bigger than him
0: i mean like if you think though back like going in like our our founding fathers of what we do like if you really think about it like howard stern's in there for us oh for sure we've been called the howard stern of bow hunting several times because we're just a little I mean a little out there. I mean, Deer Hunter Podcast Bro, is a little, a little on the way. edgy side too. Like you guys you guys kind of do what we do, you know? Like we we cuss, we drink beer, we talk how we want. Um that's not a strange thing for our show, but for a lot of shows it is. Mm-hmm. Um and especially when we first started our show, well, there wasn't anybody I mean, there might have been, I just don't know, but and I guess that's why some people call this like the Howard of boat, which I see that as a compliment.
1: Um, oh, it's awesome. But I think like yeah, like like big time radio shows like that is I,
0: I, it's and weird, and
1: he probably stood out because he was different. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, it was different. Yeah. That's why it took off like crazy, for sure. It's yeah, we get
2: we get you know not nearly as many as what I would anticipate, but you know we get every now and then we'll get an email like, "Hey, you guys' language is pretty unacceptable," uh, you know, things of that nature. And and, and you know what? <laughs> I love I always it. answer those people back in about the exact same way. I've never really gotten anybody that's been, like, super rude. It's just like a it's – it's almost like, you know, obviously if they don't like hearing the F word, they're probably, a, you know, a pretty nice, easygoing, friendly person. But I, I explain to them in the manner of there is – there's so many other channels. That, and I, I respect and I appreciate that, you know, they they don't like that stuff. But there's so many other outlets that you can go to. For me, when we podcast, uh, my group of buddies, yeah, we're two two union electricians. I'm a union plumber and a union boilermaker. What did you expect <laughs> we were going to talk about? Right? Like you know, you knew you knew what you were what you were doing. I mean, maybe you didn't, and then you don't revisit it. But for us, the, it's a huge stress reliever for us when and and that is the allocated time that I get to sit down with my friends and chew the fat and talk shit
0: yeah.
2: and uh what I, I don't think these people know we, we, we do dial it back I mean heaven oh. forbid you God. heaven <laughs> forbid Heaven forbid that you were at some of the late night conversations around the campfire at right. deer oh, camp. Because I yeah. tell you what, yeah. you'd all be we'd all be thrown in jail. But you know, it's,
1: it's shop talk, man. That's what it is. It's, it's shop we, talk. It's shop that's talk. how we hear yeah. it all day, every day. Well, the you know? thing that's our name, working class bowhunter. Like we have people
0: write in, like you should really. I have kids in the car. You should really watch them. Like, well, first <laughs> of all, it's called working class bow hunter. The episode's marked explicit. And third of all, fucking listen to something else. Yeah, it, we don't it, know.
1: It, we don't know. There's a kid in the car. Yeah, yeah, like that's it's
0: marked explicit. That's as far as I can do i'm telling you there's bad language in this hey dude that's what it is
2: the best comment that i ever heard is when you guys were talking about this on your show and steve made the comment and yeah you're listening to us in front of your kids that's why you get your kids only on the weekends
1: (laughs) i don't even remember that i I I don't remember that
2: dude i'll never forget that i laugh so hard i (laughs) It's so good. Goddamn, Steve! And <laughs> I don't
0: remember
1: that.
2: <laughs> that is so price, and that right there is what's so priceless. Like, it, you know, it becomes harder when you get into your mid thirties as a grown man, and you're you're working, and you're taking care of your family to actually bust out in laughter, like. I mean you're lucky you're lucky if that happens to you once a week, right? And that is like about the best feeling well, there's a couple things above that one, but you
1: know <laughs> Can't talk ooh, about those.
2: That one is right there. It really is, man. Like yeah. that that'll that'll give you a little little high for a little bit. And uh, I remember Steve dropping that line and me thinking, dude, that is so goddamn funny. His brain his brain's impressive in the manner that it works. Uh, I know here, he eats on. a lot of shit around you guys. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, and, but and deservingly so
1: his brain but. works in a different order than everyone But the else thing
0: is, is yeah. like Steve, people think that we are being mean to Steve, but that's just that's kind of how he operates. Like yeah. if you're <clears throat> weirdly nice to Steve, he thinks something's wrong. Yeah, like he <laughs> wants he will tell you that. Well, yeah, he will tell you that. And th- but that's where Steve thrives. You know what I mean like he's like a bacteria like he needs more <laughs> moist environment of being shit
1: on that's to he,
0: like keep growing as a human That's what he
1: always tells people he's like if you're giving if you're not giving me shit i think it's weird and I'm, and you don't like me Yeah i, I want you to give I, me shit
2: I get it and I respect it. And uh, today was just the most beautiful post ever that you guys put up on Instagram. Uh Oh, him him, him and Cody. D rock put that up actually. Oh, he did. I thought you guys put it up, but I didn't know if you shared it or what, but I saw that and I just about fell apart. And uh, I looked at that for a minute and I was like, one of those human beings is truly happy with themselves, and I am not so sure it's Cody. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: know, you know, I took it, we were at the shoot, and that's at the Working Class Bowhunter shoot, and I have my own photos on my phone. I have some funnier ones on my phone I need to post of that. And I was like, dude, if aliens landed and just saw you two, they would think you guys were completely different species. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, this one with the tits is a female. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I, I laughed, man. It was a good one. But uh, yeah, you know, we try to find a balance of, and, and you know, in my head, that's the whole point of it. Like you can be an outstandingly great person and cuss and swear and say all kinds of crazy stuff. That doesn't matter. What matters is taking care of your family, taking care of your kids, being an asset to your community. Like if you do that stuff, everything else is null and void. The cussing and saying, give me a break. Like you want to talk about uh, good people? Like good people take care of their business, and then they get to do all the fun stuff, and they don't have to pay the price for it because yeah. they're good. They're good people, and that was kind of my mindset of it when I went into it. Is like I, I would like to prove to you that um, you can be an outstanding person and still whatever you know sit there and, and talk a bunch of shit to your buddies and drop f-bombs yeah it, it doesn't really well dude everybody really does doesn't it, man. matter
0: like what you said earlier like this is our time like you know we are doing this show for our listeners like i appreciate every one of our listeners but we're kind of doing it for ourselves because we have a good time and, and it's, it's our time to unwind kind of from yeah, yeah, yeah. how much crazy well, shit we have going on I mean, like put yourself in hunting camp you hunt it all day you bust your ass all day chasing deer you get back to hunting camp you have a six pack or a couple thirty packs, depending <laughs> where you want to dial it, and like it's the same type of thing. Like it's shop talk. Yeah. You're
1: giving your buddies yeah. shit, yeah, yeah. And the whole that's, time.
0: That's like, the beautiful, like the camaraderie is really what makes hunting season so special. When you get to share the stories and all that afterwards, the hunting we all have that inner drive to hunt and that passion to do it but the camaraderie of it is kind of like where everybody leans like that's you remember a lot of those conversations you remember the laughs you had mm-hmm. you remember whatever it is you did in hunting camp yeah. with your boys it, that's what that's what, where the deep rooted memories come but because of those experiences with your boys that's why hunting's so special because it creates a different friendship and it makes you want to chase deer harder in the day go back relax with the boys do the same thing over and over yeah. again that's what we live for exactly
2: Yeah, when you're at deer camp, too, like, for me, when I, you know, I live in southeast Michigan, so my deer camp is four hours away. Mm -hmm. When I'm, I actually have a much better chance of shooting an older age class, bigger deer down here in southeast Michigan. There's ag, um, I have access to some nice private ground, but, man, I, I chomp at the bit to go north, and a lot of that reason is, is when I'm at deer camp, I am there for the purpose to, to deer hunt. When I'm around here, you know, it, I go on a Saturday morning. If it gets to be 10 30, 11 o'clock, I know there's a bunch of shit that needs to be done around my house. Yeah. I know my wife's running around with my kid. I know she could use me back at the house. The, the sense of guilt, you know, starts to, uh, to build. It's just harder for me to disconnect from my life. But when I go to deer camp, dude, I am unplugged from like my my uh my weekly routine and i am there for that i i traveled here i spent money here i took this time off for this purpose my reason is to be up here and deer hunt and i will just sit in all day and go out in the woods you know an hour two hours before sun up and i will stay out there you know an hour after sundown and uh be committed to deer hunting and it's a relief for me because it's like well i can go into camp and and sometimes I will it just depends on how things go you know like there's there's a great camaraderie around our camp around lunchtime you know and it is nice to go in and get a warm up and get something to eat and sh- shoot the shit i mean it's hard to go into our camp and not have like a bloody mary or an old fashioned or something and just end <laughs> up standing around the campfire and being like all right it's it's kind of time to get back out out there but a confidence uh, booster i yeah i don't have I don't have anything, like, weighing in on me. Is like, this is my purpose and my reason to be up here, and I can focus on, I can focus on the hunting. And I'll tell you what, man, that, that is, I look forward to that. I, I basically take a week uh, every year. You know, our gun opener is November 15th. So just depending how, on how it falls, we'll kind of allocate what time I take off. What what I usually like to do is go up, you know, maybe three or four days before the opener gun, and get a couple good days of bow hunting in. Because in northern Michigan around November fifteenth, that is peak breeding. So I mean, the rut is basically in full swing. Deer are very receptive to calling. Um, deer are on their feet all day. The midday thing is is deer just don't stop moving. If you're if you know where to be and you know the right place, yeah, uh, and, and up there, I mean we're hunting big woods, so I'm typically far away from any type of human intrusion and deer act like deer. They're not they're not influenced by people. And so I see deer all day long. And it, it's just it's such a relief to be out there and to do that, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Well let's do this now because we're getting into that we're getting into the deer hunting talk. I wanna talk about your film and I want you I want you to take it off with it because I don't know what how you want to share it what direction um we'll just go from there because that gets into what you were kind of talking about with the two different aspects of home life and I guess essentially like deep woods life, yeah, for the back country right
2: yeah, yeah, you know uh, I talked with a buddy um going back over two years ago now we had a conversation uh someone that I've become close friends with he's a a a television producer and a a professional videographer and he's a northern Michigan native and I had had this uh genius brainstorm idea to do a a deer hunting film and I had no idea what uh what it was going to turn into to be honest with you I I just thought it would be a, a small project that we would commit a little bit of time to and we would Turn a little film, and uh, you know, being in a pod in the podcast thing, everybody knows you through audio. We, I never had any experience with with video, and I thought it would be important for us going forward to kind of share who we are through a video thing, so people could put um, you know faces to the names and the voices, and that we could kind of share what who we are and what we do through through that, and. I reached out to the the right guy and the wrong guy at the same time because he, (laughs) he, he, I I don't want to say he took advantage of me, but he recognized (laughs) the fact that I had no idea the amount of work that I was signing up for. And this thing was a, a massive undertaking and I was so green to it. But he knew that just through my personality that I could do the talk, you know, I could do the the, the socializing part of it and he liked yeah. my style of hunting and, and we got along real good so it wasn't a problem for us to spend a bunch of hours together in the woods and that's exactly what happened we spent our entire deer season together and he's a professional uh, he's produced quite a few television shows for the, uh, the sportsman's channel He's worked behind the scenes uh, with Jason Metzinger, um, some other professionals that make you know high-quality television and web shows. And he wasn't going to slack on the project. And when I say that he took advantage of me, I'm saying that jokingly, but I do think that in his mind he did know a little bit that I didn't know what I was signing up for. Um, but he also knew that my work ethic would be enough to do what he needed to get accomplished and there it was vice versa there was mornings where we woke up that i was like impressed and surprised that he had the drive and the ability to keep going on this project because it it didn't go nearly as smoothly as what we had hoped for it was a big learning experience for me Mm -hmm. but but uh it, it really ended up coming together in the long run. You know, we kind of had a plan in our head of how it was going to go and what it was going to be, and it went, you know, completely opposite of that. And I'm thankful now that it did because it was it just we didn't we didn't aspire to create a storyline and try to make a film. We just aspired to kind of capture what we do year in and year out and share. We felt the story organically was good enough. We just had to capture it and share it. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, uh, you know, it, it, it ended up working out really good. I, I, I'm super happy with the way that the project ended up coming out, but I, I grossly underestimated the amount of hours that it was going to take to do so.
0: so. So where and when can people watch it?
2: It's available right now on our website via DVD. And I know that, you know, that might not be everybody's go-to method to digest media now, but... I really, really felt strongly that I wanted this thing to be, you know, the premise of it is, is deer camp. And I wanted it to end up in deer camps. And a lot of deer camps, especially here in Michigan, are, they're, they're off the grid. You don't have Wi-Fi. You know, you're struggling to get cellular service. So streaming and, and having the Internet is kind of not a, a thing. And when we go up to deer camp, we watch a lot of DVDs. I've always been a fan of, like, Jared Schepler's DVDs and the Drury DVDs. Like, those end up in our our deer camp. Mm -hmm. And and I thought I had a better opportunity to have a shelf life for people if we went ahead and made a disc. And I was so greatly appreciative of the effort that Jordan Susowitz, the producer that I worked with, put in to make this that I wanted something physically that we could hold in our hands and share with people as a piece of artwork. Cause I never knew what artists those videographers are the, like the high end guys. They truly are artists in the way that they, they capture what's going on and then they, they edit it and put it together and then show you a final product. I mean, it is a fine art and they put a ton of work into it. So I really wanted something physically, you know, you look back over the course of years at, I don't know if any of your guys' dads do, but my dad does have a, a, a big um, vinyl record collection, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a oh, yeah. big shelf of vinyl records. And you sit there and we always go over to my parents' house on the holidays and we'll end up listening to records, you know, and you peel through those records and you're like, God, there's so much art that went into this. And it's its such a cool way that they captured it. And it's like kind of timeless, you know, you throw a a led zeppelin vinyl record on it is so much different than if you pull it up on your catalog on itunes and hit play it just doesn't have the same feeling whatsoever so you know i I guess i I was kind of personally just a little bit sad to see like i mean you guys are the same age as me like i i know it was inconvenient maybe to like go and rent Discs and have to return that shit and pay late fees and stuff, but it was it was such a cool experience to go to the movie store on like a Friday night and get mm-hmm. a DVD and come home. It was just a totally different thing. Well, and- dude,
0: I completely get what you're saying because I I collect like hunting DVDs and stuff, and my collection's big. I like to physically be able to pick them up, feel the disc. Like mm-hmm. I like that concrete feeling of it. You like the hard copy of it? Yeah, the hard yeah. copy. Which I guess. Kids that were born and are growing up more in the digital. I mean, we were like the last era to have like yeah. discs and and all that. Oh, for sure. To VHS. where we we still like we're probably the last generation that's going to appreciate that feeling of a DVD and or like even like a VHS is cool
1: because um, you get when yeah, was we like, had a little bit of everything, like the record, yeah. the cassette tape. We got a little bit of the overlap of a CD lot of that. of everything, yeah. But what? I
0: like when you open up a DVD and there's like the little like whatever information's in there, and the yeah. print on the DVD is cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I can understand what you, what you went for. I think that was a wise move. Like if we ever did like our carbon TV seasons at like for sale, I would I would put them on a disc. I think, yeah, you know, I, it's, it is cool.
2: Dude, I got to sidetrack us out. Make remember where we are and bring me back into this i'm
0: but gonna fail miserably but <laughs> you, we all are. You,
2: you just mentioned carbon tv and uh you know a couple weeks ago or a month ago or whatever it was you guys had julie mcqueen on your podcast yeah and uh you know you guys were talking she you got talking about she likes bourbon and everything and i took note of that and you know, she's the president of carbon TV, right? Yeah. Well, Car- carbon TV is right here in Southfield, Michigan, which is like 15 minutes from my house. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Julie's living here in Southfield, Michigan. And she came to our, our back hunters and anglers rendezvous last weekend. She was going to do a speaking thing there and I had to do the, the same thing. And so, uh, i reached out to julie and you know wanted to get together with her and do a podcast there well i thought well, i'll be smart and buy a bottle of bourbon and and uh you know maybe we'll get to hang out with julie and have a couple drinks well that chick's pretty pretty legit dude like we me her and one buddy drank a fifth of bourbon in like (laughs) a pretty short period of time and uh, we we got a we got a nineteen seventy three Airstream that we use as our deer camp. Well we went and ga- we went and gathered that up that morning and, and drug it to this this rendezvous and we had our camper all set up and we were sitting in there podcasting and drinking bourbon and we just had absolute blast hanging out with her and gonna test you know, you you see someone like herself and you know, you could make a judgment real quick on what her attitude would be towards a bunch of Beer drinking deer hunters. <laughs> no, but, she, she uh, is
0: the real deal, man. <laughs> in I, an
1: airstream.
2: Yeah, I mean, do, if
0: you text her, America, she texts you right America. back. She's like, "Hey, what's up? This is what, you know, if you need something done, hey, all right, cool, on it." Like she's she's really as cool as you think she is.
2: Yeah. So <clears throat> I had a conversation. We've been having conversations about putting the film on carbon. It's not going to happen right away. Um, like I said, we we decided to, uh, and I had a lot of people that helped me make this disc happen uh first and foremost uh you know jared scheffler i had no idea what i was once we had made this we were just going we were chopping the piece of wood that was in front of us right and it was like all right i guess we're going to make a film so we got some sponsor we reached out to a bunch of people they're like yeah we'll support your project um you know we got some money to allocate the time to be able to make this happen we got like some real serious people that when they said yes, I was like, Oh shit. Like they said, yes, you know, we, we actually, we really, I felt obligated to not look like an idiot first and foremost, but I wanted them to have return on their investment. Like if somebody, if somebody's willing to go out on a limb and, and support what I'm doing, I want to make sure that they feel like I worked as hard as possible to repay the favor. And once we finally got through that leg of making it, it's like, all right, we actually did it. We made it. And then we, there was an event here in, uh, Michigan and we held like a film night and we had a couple hundred people come out and showed it on a big screen at a theater. Dude, we raised, um, we raised, Roughly like just under, I believe, five thousand dollars for backcountry hunters and anglers that night at our film event. And I was super proud of you know the people that all came out. That we did a bunch of raffles. It was like I, I said to a lot of people if we could recreate the energy that was in that room that night, it was uh, it was pretty unbelievable to see everybody like unified. And I had made the statement that if you had gotten 250 deer hunters together on a facebook group or a forum real quick people be fighting and arguing and talking shit to each other but yep. you get two, you get 250 deer hunters out to an event and you have an open bar you're <laughs> going to have the time of your life and
1: been there I'll <laughs> say and you're, you're totally right
2: the staff at that event <clears throat> this it was uh, like a big, nice movie theater that had like a banquet center with a big screen and everything, you know. It was a pretty professional thing. People had weddings there. It was very nice. And, and the lady that hosted and ran the event, the, the coordinator, she said to me, she said, I just want to tell you personally that when we have a group of people that's that big and we see how much they're drinking, we are fearful for <laughs> – how the night is going to end up because we know there's going to be things broken. We know that there's going to be probably fights. It's going to be a mess. She's like, that was the nicest group of people that we have ever had in this building. And whatever you did, come, come back here and do it again. And, and even though like the, the facility manager came personally and shook our hands and said, Hey, you know, that was a, the, the like just the nicest group of people. I can't believe how much money this place made the night off liquor sales and stuff. I mean, <laughs> oh, we yeah. had beer there, but they were selling liquor and sh- it, it was just <laughs> it was an unbelievable <laughs> event. But
0: that's really cool. That's good to hear because you always want to think that about our community. And when you see it on like online and the social groups, yeah. like you know, whatever X, whatever hunting group on Facebook, you know, you would think the opposite, you'd yeah. think there'd be a brawl. And and that sucks, that, that makes you think that way. Like I think social media sometimes is, is the devil. Actually most times I think it's the devil. Yeah. But when you get those people together, man, we're nobody knows that you don't like hunting out of this mobile setup and you think this about this certain brand of broadheads when you're together actually having a good time. No. In person, like none of that
1: shit matters. All <laughs> those little
0: arguments are yeah. just like, oh, yeah, you shoot fixed blades, I shoot expandables. Cool, man, cheers. Cool. It's just hunting story. Yeah. yeah, it's just another hunting story, but online it's like amplified, yeah, yeah. So it is cool to like actually see because I like how you compare that to like a hunting, like a forum, yeah, you know, yeah. we're all doing the same thing, yeah, we're all out there, we all have the same passion, we're all the same type of people. So that's cool, man. But yep. you get a chance to give me, and same thing with our bow shoot it's kind of what we do there is like we drink right. a ton of beer after the, after we get done shooting and everybody gets along just fine. So
2: it was an eye, it was an eye opener for me, no doubt. And now that I'm conscious of it, I, uh, I never say anything negative online and I definitely read some stuff where it's like, boy, oh boy, I'd like to comment on that, but I, I don't. And I think it's a product of one. People are just stressed out and that's an outlet to like, get rid of, let, let some shit fly too hunters are super passionate about hunting man like they're they are so passionate about it and when there's passion involved like people just go rogue and it's just (laughs) it's that weird thing where you're if you're on a keyboard and a phone there is no repercussion for being an asshole you know And, and and people personally they don't they don't want negative interaction like that's the last thing and i mean yeah there's that certain group of people that look for it right but for the most part people do not want negative interact. They will go to a lot of lengths to avoid negative interaction with other people. But man, when it's online, it's, it's all bets are off and, and people, and it was just a weird thing for me to see and be exposed to because yeah, if you have a forum with 250 people, a, a thread and two hundred and fifty people have commented on it. it's only gonna be negative yeah there's right. no yeah. way right. two hundred and fifty people are commenting on it if it's if it's a positive thing yep maybe five
0: in... if, if it if it's too positive
2: <laughs> so it's just a good thing for us to be conscious of as a group moving forward. Social media is so critical for like the future of this activity for you know our kids and the future generations that we don't abuse it and we use it as a tool because i don't know if everybody knows it i think most people do but the people that run these social media platforms facebook and instagram they could not be less friendly to our community they despise what we do they do not understand it they don't have exposure to it Mm -hmm. and they're disconnected from it just like we are disconnected from each other when it's on a keyboard it's so easy for them to go on they dude you can have some chick literally shaking her pussy in front of your face
0: damn, on your phone. He said pussy. Phone. All right. We're moving on. We're getting
2: there. We're doing and it. I can I feel like I'm in a safe space where I can say that and I won't repeat that. No, you can
0: say and pussy, man. <laughs> I just was shocked by it a little bit. I was like, damn, you went there.
2: Well, I'm Let's the, emphasize
0: on he's it. in
1: the moment.
2: That and you just nailed it. I'm trying to emphasize this statement. You can have that come across your feed and it's no problem. But somebody that posts a picture of Hannah, what's her, is her name Hannah Barron? Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. She'll be whole, like skinning out an animal that she worked her ass off to kill and that they're probably going to eat and they will block it and say sensitive material.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and it's like, okay, wait a minute. Like this chick shot something and is is turning it into food but this chick's literally throwing pornography up on a web page or a, a source that a kid, any kid any kid has a smartphone is going across right that's that's not sensitive content and then we're is. getting yelled
0: at for cussing it's fucking <laughs> yeah,
2: mind-blowing yeah, yeah it is so the, the whole point i'm trying to get at is we really really have to have our shit together and get our emotions in check and be smarter that we are not abusing that and we're utilizing the tool to our advantage because I think collectively as a group, there's a percentage of people that are trying to get the message out and say, Hey, this, if you post this, it's damaging. If you post this, it's beneficial, but some people don't really care. And some people I think just want to throw it in the, the, you know, the people's face and say, fuck you. But though, those, those, those people, people that think that Instagram and Facebook are, are tools that are universally friendly for anybody that's putting out content. You couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um, Hey, I'm going to hard transition, man. Cause I want to talk about, I want to touch a little bit on, on mobile hunting. I just want to talk hunting a little bit of any, of any kind, um, getting so close to season, um, but, I, but specifically mobile hunting, cause that's like the hot, hot thing right now. And, and it has been for a while and we, and we know that, but, uh, when, when does your
1: season open?
2: My season opens October 1st. Yeah, so same we're
1: just here. like, just like us. Yep.
2: yep. And I wouldn't change that. I know a lot of States open earlier and, uh, you know, I know if our season opened a little earlier, there might be some more advantage to, uh, Um, shoot some deer that are on summer patterns but I'm welcome to the challenge and I just like that October 1st flips the switch to deer season and and to be honest with you uh, I wouldn't be ready in two weeks like I'm glad I still have (laughs) I'm glad I still have uh, a month to prepare because I do a lot of boating and stuff in the summer and summertime you know i kind of like to spend a bunch of time doing the leisure stuff with the family so i'm glad i kind of get the month of september
1: you're on your transition you're on your summer pattern
2: (laughs) i am on my summer pattern (laughs) dude
1: well we did
0: a podcast (laughs) at the illinois deer and beer fest which was last weekend we recorded it but have not released it yet because when i'm moving i gotta have an episode to put out so we're kind of saving some of those for that weird transition time um but i think i said we talked about I think we're talking about like the opening weekend of like Kentucky's like here in just a couple of weeks, and I said that too. I'm like, it would be cool to hunt earlier, but I wouldn't change. Illinois' opening day. I wouldn't either. I,
1: exactly. I,
2: yeah, I, I would. I I, w- yep. I I wouldn't either. I like that. I like the way that that time of year feels. I feel like mid-September here, it could still be 85 degrees. You know, it <laughs> could yeah. Yeah. be if it's 100 here. Degrees, yeah, yeah. As much as I love deer hunting, if it's 85 degrees, I kind of want to be on the boat, like. Yeah. soaking up the the last part of summer and thinking about like those cool mornings and, and everything. So I, I, our season opens October 1st and to get into what you're, you know, what we're, we discussed, we were going to talk about, you know, some, some mobile hunting stuff and whatever. I just want to wrap up on saying like the, the DVD that's available on our website. I, I just really have to say a thanks to Jordan, uh, Jordan Susowitz, who is the producer of the film. And then I, I got to give a big. Uh, shout out and thank you to jared scheffler because he he stepped up in a big way um he helped us on the tail end of the project and you know making a dvd is actually there's a lot that goes into it and i had no idea and and jared really liked the project and he had the conversation with me is like man i really wanted to do something like this for a long time but like you know we have what we do every year. And people kind of expect that, so I don't have the time to allocate to a project like this. Yeah, but I really, I fully support it, and I'll, I'll help you make the DVD. So, so Jerry um, Jared Scheffler awesome. produced the DVD, and I was so thankful for that because it's like if you're going to do anything at a high level, you kind of want to do it like the guy who's done it at the highest level, right? right yeah, and that's I awesome. Know, and we shot the whole film on public land. So I will add that to, um, you know, anybody that hasn't seen anything about it, the whole film was shot on public land. So Jared Sheffler's like, dude, I'm, I'm behind this a hundred percent. I'll help you guys. And, and we traded some favors. And so, uh, the supporting cast that put this thing together was just pretty unbelievable in the manner that it worked out. And I'll say that that guy's about the nicest human being on the planet. And, uh, you know, moving off of that topic, that was the last thing I wanted to say. I just
0: yeah, man, for sure. I know Jim is of, the man. We haven't had him on the show for a while, and we're way
1: overdue. We are way overdue for that one.
2: I know there's a lot of people that are producing, and uh, public land is like the hot is like uh, is like you know Hansel right now. It's like the the. The hotness right yeah but a lot of people producing public land content but that guy was doing it long before it was cool he's and the he og he is the for og a, for a decade and nobody works harder than that guy he will he's literally would put pe- normal people into a grave with the pace that he goes at so uh he his new you know his new his new project just came out relentless uh i just got mine in the mail today so i gotta get I got that one
0: this, i don't have that one yet
2: When I get off the phone with you guys tonight, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to crack another cold beer and sit down and watch Start uh, Relentless because I buy his, I've bought since day one, man. And he was kind of eye opener to me to, you know, hunt in public land, not doing it in the manner that a lot of people do it. Uh, We want to talk about mobile hunting? That guy doesn't even sit down, dude. Like, (laughs)
1: which is bizarre. (laughs) He's crazy.
2: (laughs) He's crazy. He doesn't even, yeah, I, I don't get it. But, He's dialed in at a different level, and he really understands deer. Yeah, he's a great person to have a conversation with about deer hunting. I mean, he's super passionate. But, uh, you know, I'm not to the point where he is where I just want to trek around on the the boots and be moving. I, I like hiking into where my spot is. And I really enjoy when you get settled into a place and you're in there for you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes and you progressively see the like nature forget that you're there.
0: Yeah. I love that, man. That's that I, I'm on the same page as you are with that.
2: And you kind of soak in and morph into part of the whole rhythm of what's going on out there. And I think that's the coolest thing about being a hunter. Um, and part of the, the natural world is when the, when the sun comes up and everything's forgotten that you came into the woods and you're part of the whole thing. And you're just observing, uh I'm so addicted to that, it's insane.
0: Yeah, I enjoy that more too. Like you know, I'm gonna do some spot and stock stuff out west, but I am the same way. I feel like I'm messing shit up if I'm like walking around. I like to like go in stealthy, get in the tree quietly, sit there and yeah, you are right, it, like progressively amps up too. Yeah, watch the light yeah. come yeah. in. Things forgot you went through there, things go back to normal and you right. get to observe things how you wouldn't normally.
1: I'll
2: I'll say this. I've spent a little time out west. I haven't done a bunch of western hunting, but I've, I've hiked around out west and been around game out west and been around elk. And uh, I hate to go, and it's not even a negative thing, but you hear western hunters sometimes, like, talk shit to guys that hunt in the Midwest, like, oh, take your buggy out to the ground blind and this and that. Dude, whitetails are so switched on, like, at yeah, another Yeah, they don't level. get it.
0: You know they don't they,
2: understand. No, they don't, and you know that they kind of. There's a, a group of them that will make us sound like we're lazy. You know, y- yeah, or just not good hunters. Like yeah, we well, don't work. Well, work those hard guys are the same forest. people.
0: who Are like you've never even been on a mountain, bro? You're just like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> you never been in you a know. tree either, have you? <laughs> you? You know what I've learned? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you've never been in a tree. You don't. You don't know what a big five and a half year old white tail looks like, son. Right? It, it's one of those things too. Is like I've I've gotten to a point where I think where I'm. Well it's more it's more weird the better the podcast does or the more exposure we get or the longer we're around the more hate you're going to get because more people you're in front of and no doubt. I'm I'm beginning to grow at taking hate and learning how to ignore it more now than I ever have like now I laugh at it because I know as long as they're not saying who are they then we're doing something right you <laughs> right. know what I mean
2: right yeah uh, uh- a good friend and mentor to me made the statement that when you have reached a point in your life where you are no longer jealous of other people's success, you have truly done something. And I stay conscious to that. And
0: That's, a, that's that, big.
2: That negativity thing is, is typically people that are jealous of your success and they want it. It's like crabs trying to get out of a bucket you know the the crabs are trying to grab the one that's trying to get out and it's uh, if you're conscious of that and you you can get to a point in your life where you're no longer jealous of other people's success because you're comfortable and enough in your own work ethic and what you've earned and gotten
1: yeah. that is
2: a that is a huge thing and you see that repeat itself constantly and and that's why I'm even hesitant to even say anything negative but I see that theme repeat itself about the Western guys, you know, oh, we went thirteen miles and we didn't eat for four days and we lost forty pounds and it w- it was unbelievably difficult. But it's like, yeah, but the animal that you were hunting hasn't seen a person in four years and you walked right <laughs> up within ten yards of it and shot it. Like you it's just so different. Like
0: it is different. Yeah.
2: It, yeah. I didn't trek thirteen miles. I didn't go fourteen thousand feet in elevation. But there is a different mindset that it takes to sit 20 foot up in a tree when the wind's blowing sideways and it's zero degrees out. It, it, there's an effort involved in that, and it, it might be a little yeah.
1: different.
0: Oh, but- man, what's funny about that, like kind of the difference is one of, our, one of my really good friends, Jeremy uh, Meyer, I always call him Meyer, but I Jeremy, Mayer, Jeremy Meyer, he spells it funky, from Buckstorm. Um, they live in South Dakota, and they do a lot of, like, Western-type hunting, Um, and they they film all their hunts and do that, and he'll send me pictures of like some good whitetails on on some areas he can hunt. I'm like, dude, get in there. He's like, I can't sit in a tree (laughs) because I cannot sit in a tree, dude. He goes, I can't do it like you guys do. No patience. But he gives credit. He's like, you guys are hardcore. Like you can get in the tree in the dark and sit there all day. And and like, yeah. Yeah. He goes, I can't. He goes, I sit there for an hour and I'm like, I hear an elk bugle off in the distance. I'm out and I'm chasing the elk around. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I get his point too, but. He's not disrespecting it. He, he gets it. It's a different style. It's not how he grew up. It's not what he's right. used to. Yeah, he's like, I can't do it. I can't sit there like you right. guys can, yeah. which is cool. It is. So I'm like, all right, I'll come out to where you're at, and I'll sit there.
2: <laughs> if, if you relate to, like, the natural world, predators have a lot of different styles in the manner that they do. What you do is do what you have to do to be successful. You know, a coyote – Will run around all day and chase a bunch of shit down and try to kill it. A snapping turtle will lay in the mud for a freaking day waiting for a fish to swim across its face so it can grab the thing, kill it, and eat it and have a meal. And it's no different than what we do. You know, the unfortunate part about it is you could sit there for six hours and not see a single thing. But at the six hour and one minute mark, your nose itches and you move to itch your nose. Well, little did you know, 10 yards behind you, the buck of a lifetime had walked <laughs> up and you freaking scare the thing and it goes running away. And you're like, this is insane, man. I just literally sat here all day, didn't see a single thing move one time.
1: And you totally blew it. <laughs> and totally blew it.
2: Yeah. That's like every and, time, right? And to recover from Seems that like- and to sit in. Oh, You know, after that, it, it, it just it takes a little bit of fortitude to want to keep going out and doing that. And, uh, you know, where we hunt up in northern Michigan, the, the temperatures get ridiculous. You know, I've hunted in 20, you know, like air temperature, 20 degrees below zero, plus the wind chill. And to sit in and sit out in there, you, you go through some, you know, some difficult times to try to achieve it. But I don't know. I wouldn't change it for a single thing. You know... Th- I guess the reason why I started saying that is just whitetails in general, especially when you're hunting them on public land. Uh, I've heard Jim Shockey attest to this. Right, this guy's killed everything under the sun. He's traveled all around the world, and he'll say that there is nothing like hunting a whitetail because they are they are just so switched on at a yeah. different level, and uh, they literally coexist with humans all over the entire continent because they are just so savvy at eluding hunters and I wouldn't want it to be any different. Like, uh, I think it's why we're so addicted to the whole thing is because the, ch- the challenge is mm-hmm. so, yeah. it's so crazy. And when you hear a guy like Jim Shockey say that, you're like, all right, that guy's been there. That means, that means something. Done yeah. <laughs> right. So,
0: Hey, I want to it's, transition a little bit. I'm sorry. This I, we just get going, flowing so damn good. We're both used to the podcast game. I love it. These are actually like super enjoyable and easy flowing. Um, I want to talk about the mobile setup. Like in the film, you can see what you're using, but can you kind of break down what what's your favorite um, mobile setup right now?
2: Right now, the the setup that I'm going into this season with is uh, I run a Kafaru frame and uh, any western frame well any frame pack that is actually fitted for your body size will do an amazing job and I know the times are changing now because the tree stands have gotten so much lighter my situation's a little bit different because when I'm hunting big woods um sometimes I'm going for two or three days and I'm camping sometimes I'm just going out for a full day but sometimes I need to take food water a bunch of gear I need a system that will allow me to go hunt the back 40 and go out for three hours after work but I also need a system that works that if I pull into a trailhead on a Friday night and I'm not coming back till Sunday afternoon I need to be able to pack food water a shelter, a stove, all of that, so Everything. I have yeah, the whole thing, so I have a uh, a western style frame pack that I use, and the one that I run is a Kafaru I use a thirty or uh i yeah I believe it's a a thirty two inch tactical frame, and I run a mountain warrior pack uh pack which is. It has compression straps on it so that you can actually cinch the thing down so it, it almost doesn't even look like there's a pack on the frame. It just looks like there's some material there and then you can expand the thing out to fit, like I said, enough stuff in there to go on probably a five-day trip. So I run that frame, I run a XOP Vanish and four sticks and then I have a quite a few different ways that i do like my layering system Mm -hmm. but you know i'd almost have to break it down into two categories i mean if for the big wood stuff that i do and then like basically for like i said my back 40 but those are the two things that are universal that's the stand and sticks that i have and i love and that's the frame pack that i invested in i mean and it was an investment that that pack and that frame was just shy of eight hundred dollars but
1: worth every penny uh,
2: buy once good buy shit once, isn't cheap man. good shit isn't cheap and I I don't think a lot of people realize that um, you can buy stuff for half the price that has the same warranty but if the shit breaks on you and you're a um, mile out into a swamp a warranty doesn't mean anything to you <laughs> like, right? you yeah. want to yeah. not have to ever use that warranty and I know a lot of people will say, oh, it's got a lifetime warranty. It's got a lifetime warranty. Well, that's sweet and that's good. If it breaks, you know, at home at your, yeah. at your household, then you have three weeks to get the thing out to them and get it returned. But, man, when you are out there actually hunting, you, you want to have confidence in the stuff that you're using. And I've had – I'll say that the kafaru stuff is like – it's almost like a Carhartt jacket. You know, a Carhartt jacket yeah. can go through like three generations. <laughs>
1: yeah, yes, I do. When I when I yeah.
2: when I made that investment, I knew that that was something that I would pr- have the potential to pass along to to my to my son.
0: See, that's awesome, and- man. Because you know how much that's going to mean to him when he's older. Right. It's going to oh, be like, true. I mean, maybe not at first. I don't want your old shitty pack, Dad. <laughs> yeah. But like, ten years into his hardcore hunting, he's going to be like. Okay, it's pretty rad. My dad used this thing, and now it's mine. Like, You know what I mean? Like, It'll be an evolution of his thought my, process. But
2: My dad has an old hunting hat that I can't wait to get, and it's just a hat. I don't it's know. just it's a, a hat. hat. Yeah. I can't wait for you to die
0: so yeah. I can get your hat. So I can get this hat. I'm, I'm
1: just counting down the days. <laughs> How you feeling, old man? How's hat do that hat doing?
0: Looking a little weak in the knees, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that hat. That's,
2: That's awesome. uh, it's, I feel the same way. I have a, um, I have a sleeping bag that is, you know, it's, it's definitely due to be upgraded, right? For what I do, it is a burden to haul this thing a mile or two out into the woods. It is not nearly on the level of what the new technology is, but it was my, my wife's father's and, and he's passed away. And there's like a ton of value and sentiment that I get when I take that thing out with me. And then I have, a my my wife's great-grandfather's cot from world war ii no
1: that, shit damn
2: and i mean this isn't something that i hike two miles into the woods but when we truck camp um i i, I sleep in that thing and i just lay in that thing and every time i look at it's like no amount of money can replace this thing it's there's no way yeah, there's no way. I take a ton of value in sentimental stuff like that. And I want to acquire stuff like that and have it to pass on. I feel like that is like a dying thing. And it goes back to like the digital media stuff. Uh, you know, you could lose your whole catalog of your iTunes stuff and you'd be bummed out about it for a week or two and then you'd forget about it. But if your, if your record collection burned down in a house fire, like
1: <laughs> I'd be pissed. You, yeah. It's <laughs> not going dude. back. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's
2: not, it's not coming back. And you know, the photos that we take nowadays and we store on the cloud and all this stuff, uh, I'm guilty as anybody of not getting them printed and filing them away so that my son can like pull out, like we have the you know, opportunity to pull out like the old photos of our deer camps and stuff. And it's like, holy shit, man, this is so cool to look at. And I want to at least, try to be conscious of that and buy some stuff at this point in my life that I can pass on to the next generation like my son and say hey you know this has been through this here's the pictures of it and and it was really like in our film why I made the DVD too is like hey maybe there'll be an opportunity for 40 years down the road for us to watch this and uh some of the digital media stuff will get lost but I I will spend good money on good gear and I will spend money to support people that I know like the same things that I like and run a good company versus trying to save two bucks Uh, up until this year up until a couple months ago I had never made a purchase on Amazon like I'm a local shopper I spend my money at local local companies I do my business locally I support you know people that i know and have relationships with and i won't bat an eye at spending an extra hundred bucks if i know that it's going to somebody that it's gonna better suit than me saving a hundred bucks if that makes sense For sure. That's
0: awesome man that's that says a lot about who you are and everything especially in like i don't know especially if it's like a hunting business you know
2: absolutely yeah i mean it's a small community it's a hard community for anybody that, like, specifically just works in the hunting community. I'll say this now that I have exposure to it, the hunting industry, those people could take their skill set in a different direction and probably make two, three times the money, like, two, three times easier than what they're trying to do in the hunting industry. And it is so critical that we are, you know, coming together as a community and support hurting each other to move forward Mm
0: -hmm. yeah for sure well that too i mean everything aside like just talking about like our community going together the fact that we're podcasting together says a lot even though we've done it before you can tell he's outside there's crickets (laughs) we're outdoor people this is an outdoor podcast (laughs) (laughs) um i lost my train of thought um we're both podcasts and where we could be see this competition. We're kind of like D rock always says it. We always say it or we try to say it anyway. It's like we're, we're coming together as one, like it's unity. Like we're all the same community. Like the better we can be together, the better we are as a whole. That's right. Um,
2: yep. So, but
0: hate is going to hate. So
2: (laughs) my, my, uh, my good buddy Brian Broderick always says uh, a rising tide raises all ships you know what I mean oh I like and that it's just, it's just a good way to look at it you know we all can bring each other up and we can all work against each other and bring each other down and I don't know that there's an argument to say right now that we're I don't know that we're even sitting neutral dude I, I think we're kind of well like license sales and everything kind of suggests that we're We're struggling. We're not, we are not doing a good job. And the fact of the matter is there's very smart people that are very well organized right now working against us, which is a a damn shame because hunters are there's, there's such a important part of like, you know, nature and conservation. I mean, they generate, we, we generate more money, and protect more land and wildlife than any other group. It's not even close. So if we go away, the whole thing's fucked. Yeah. And it is literally riding on us right now. That's why I said, like, right now is, is kind of like the time. Like, it seems like everything's awesome right now, and it is, but I feel like it's just sitting on this teeter-totter, redder, ready to go to yeah. a complete
1: shit
0: well, show. Well, our perspective's a little different because we're in the industry So, like, all we are consumed by and involved around is people who are in the community. But if we weren't, I I feel like it would seem more... It would seem even more teeter-tottery. But, I mean, it's one of those things, though, too. Like, you go on a forum and you can kind of see why it's teeter-tottery. I'm burnt out on fucking people giving me shit for shit I use and shit I do and what we use and this shit. Like... That, that burns somebody out. That's enough to push them away like, you know, fuck this. I'm going to go play fucking baseball, you know? <laughs> yeah. you know? No, you won't. No, you won't. <laughs> I definitely won't do that. But like someone that's not as into it, yeah. you know, like oh, for sure. if you go on there and you post a picture of your lone wolf custom gear stand and you got a bunch of guys from X company shitting on you the whole time just to be dicks. Yeah. It, it's like, well, what? I just came here to show my setup. Like I wasn't trying to be mean to anybody. Or, or, you know, whatever, you know, plug whatever brand into whatever brand and versus somebody that's broadheads. is the same thing. Like, that's exhausting. Let's cut it out. Like, you want to use – here, I'll just say how it is. I want to use long Wolf Custom Gear stuff. If you want to use Beast Gear stuff, use Beast Gear stuff. Don't shit on me online because I want to use a different product. Fuck you. Leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. We'll do our thing. I hope you kill a big buck this year. Yeah. And then let's meet back up and high five. What'd you shoot this year, man? Dude, I got a, I got a 120 inch 10. Dude, that's awesome, man. I shot a 130 inch 8 pointer. That's congratulations, man. I'm glad you had a good season. Let Cheers. Let's buy a beer together. And I, I'm not going to buy you a beer, but you buy your own beer <laughs> and we'll have a beer together. <laughs> that's what we should be doing. Like, let's yeah. cut it out. Let's yeah. fucking stop it. Or let alone just put a 120 10 point on online right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, put geez. 120 inch deer online right now and watch people shit on you. I mean, it's really. You'll get
1: more shit than you will, congrats, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Ooh, I, I mean, would have let them go. It, you'll get, uh, you'll get
1: more go. shit on, like, a, a public, like, a group. Yeah. Than oh, you will, sure. like, oh, yeah. your personal, your personal no, no. page. Everyone will love it, but yeah. if you put that on yeah. a
0: group or something, you're getting shit on all day long. Yeah, yeah. We, we need yeah. to cut that out. And we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it somewhere, yeah. I'm guilty of it in some. If there's a pie chart... Way, shape, or form. There might be some sort of percentage where I'm guilty of it. Yeah. And well, just, we're all trying to grow here. Yeah. I just told you this morning, I had a guy at work. I showed him a buck I killed last year, and it wasn't anything uh, crazy. And he's yeah. like, ooh, I would have let him go. And I'm like, I will punch you in the teeth. It's like, <laughs> Shut Punch up. you right in the throat. Like, like, if you want to shoot it, that's fine. simple yeah. congratulations would have done yeah. just fine. Yeah. The deer is still <laughs> dead. Yeah. I don't, Kevin, do you feel the same way, or is it just me kind of like ranting for no reason?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, man. I... I think it's this, I I think we're kind of plagued by this. So, uh, people in general are, our culture. We're very tribal. You see it in our politics. You see it in like groups online. We, We like to find our little group. We like to find our flavor. And then, you know, I think it just goes back over the course of history. Like if you're part of a tribe, that other tribe's usually not coming to, like, play play games and have fun with you. Like, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're coming to do some bad shit to you, right? So, by nature, as humans, we are very tribal. And, and hunting is even more, like, deeply rooted. Like, dude, you counted on your tribe. As a tribe, like, you hunted collectively as an effort. Your fucking kids are going to starve if you guys aren't successful. And then if another tribe comes into your hunting area, you're about to fuck them up. And right. I, I really think that hunting really brings out like the tribalness in us. And it's it showcased, like you just said, it's a good point. It's as simple as somebody bringing up a broadhead or the size deer. They're like, Hey bro, that's not my tribe. Fuck you. Right, I'm a Matthew. I'm a Matthews guy. Uh, if I see you shooting that prime again right now, I'm gonna come into your village, light it <laughs> on fire, and rape your women.
1: I'm gonna cut your strings. <laughs> I'm, gonna <laughs> cut your strings. <laughs> I'm gonna cut your strings. I'm gonna cut your strings and your cables. <laughs>
2: in, in a very small
0: percentage of that, in the right way, is somewhat important. Um, like it, in a weird prime way, it's important. Like, and it is fun to be on teams. Like, but it can be friendly. It's like sports teams. You know, I don't watch sports, yeah. but I imagine it's like. Oh yeah, you like the Cowboys. I have, there's Bears fans around here. I don't know. You guys aren't going to beat the <laughs> shit out of each other. You have no,
1: yeah. You don't know how to explain that. Cause you know nothing. No, about I don't know sports, dude. I don't want either, so oh, yeah. it's okay. You think, were close. You I think they're close. stupid. When, <laughs> when,
2: you're you're right, and and I like that too. And I like all the little collective groups. But there's a time when that's all fun and games, and then there's a time when it's to a level where it's damaging as a community <clears throat> yeah. and it, and it moves us backwards. And I just don't think that people recognize a lot that's like by nature, we are so tribal and we are so easily like tricked into like, Oh, I'm on this pro staff and I'm on that pro staff. And I don't like you cause you're on this and, and the internet really gives you the tool to abuse each other. And, uh, I, I see it happen time and time again. And it's just, it's a crazy thing to watch and, and I don't know when, dude, I had the worst ego, like in high school and in my early twenties. Like I thought I knew everything. I was a total asshole. I would be the first one to be on social media and talk shit to people and tell everybody they're fucking stupid. And, and I don't know when or how it all happened, but at some point in time, I realized that it was like my ego and it was this, this tribal hereditary thing that was making me act in this manner and I started to think about like what's actually really important? Like what's what's helping us? What's hurting us? And uh I was able to get a grasp on that and I just don't partake in it anymore. I really don't. Unless I see something that is like a direct like, hey, this is directly damaging someone and it goes against my morals. Like I will I will go after that. I will make at a point to make sure that that doesn't happen. I do not want to see good people get hurt.
1: Yeah, but for if, sure.
2: if, if I can sit on the sidelines and just let the thing play out, I'd rather do that and not be part of it. But if I, if I see it go in the wrong direction, I will try to be part of the, the solution. And, and it's, it's weird that we got into this and not that I'm trying to revisit the film, but in, in the film, it was definitely done in a manner like Obviously, Michigan's not known for being, like, if you were like, hey, we're going to spend a bunch of money and produce a whitetail film, where do you want to go? Oh, let's go to northern Michigan where there's absolutely no big deer. And it's an absolute epic struggle to try to get something killed, right? It's not a game-rich environment. Um, But we we wanted to show that there's more to hunting than that. Like, we started talking off about the social camaraderie, the importance of that, the adventure aspect of it, and when the thing was said and done, we showed it to a few different groups, and some groups were like, "Oh my god, this is great! We can totally get behind this." And some groups were like, "Well, there's just a little problem, this and that." And I was like, "Oh wow, what an eye opener!" Like the the agendas that groups have. It was it was just kind of a weird thing, and uh, for the most part, ninety nine percent of I'll say all the personal feedback that I got on the project was they were like, Hey, this message is super critical and I'm glad somebody did this and put it out. Um, but is definitely a little bit different than a lot of what the, the deer hunting content that's been coming out over the course of the last, you know, the last, last decade is, but it's hard to work around that man. People, you know, biological things make people tick. And uh, a lot of times they just don't even know that it's going on. You know, they do things and don't even know the reason why they, why they do it. And I look back mm-hmm. on some of the stuff. You know, you get – you said uh, – I, I think you said uh, earlier that maybe something posted up on DRock's timeline and he, and he, and he reposted it. Well, I get timeline stuff that post, post you know, come and say, hey, this – you did this five years ago, and I'll read it, and I'll go, oh, my God. I said that, <laughs> what dude. An like, an asshole. I'm an idiot. What, <laughs> a, Dude, what an asshole. Seriously, what an asshole. And it's like, God, I, I feel good about where I am now as, in my mid-30s, but, you know, if I had to send a message to myself in my mid-20s, it would be just disconnect a little bit from the comments on the social media and shut up. You really don't know what's going on. <laughs> but right. you
0: needed that, though, to get to where you're at now, you know?
2: There's no doubt about it. you got to – a good friend of mine uh, told me one time when I, I fucked up real bad, dude. Uh, I made a big mistake. I, I landed myself in jail for a night and uh, I was literally, I was in as low of a spot as I had ever been. And uh, he told me, you know, you made a, you made a freaking major mistake, dude. And uh, that's okay. What's not okay is if you make it again. He's like, you better learn from this, and you better not re- remake that mistake. And I will never forget that. And I will, you know, mistakes make them, learn from them, don't remake them. And that's how you move ahead in
1: life. Yep. It's
0: yep. true. I agree, man. I've been there. I've done the same shit.
1: I've been there too,
0: man. been a sucks, night in jail. But... Fucking, you get rowdy. You're 20 or 21-year-old kid. You're rowdy. Dude, sometimes
1: <laughs> life calls you on your bullshit, yeah, dude, right. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it life does. calls you on your bullshit. It does. That's
2: a dude, fact. I mean... But even shots then,
0: too. Of, Go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. Oh
2: uh, No, just uh, shots of Patron, and somebody turns, <laughs> somebody turns disturbed on, and the next thing you know, you're freaking Bodies are hitting the floor. Them. I don't know. If that's- <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs>
0: well, it, I mean, it's the same thing in hunting, too. Is like when you're younger, hunting, like growing up, I mean, everybody still makes mistakes, like still do. But I look at, like, some of the opportunity that, opportunities I've missed on some giant bucks. I just, like, not knowing, not thinking the situation through, you know. And and I could have really capitalized and, and brought it home. But that helped me grow as a bow hunter, like, as the hunter I am now. And not that I'm perfect or ever will be, but I will, I will not make the same mistakes I did when I was in my early 20s bow hunting. You know, it's right. different. I'm more level-headed. I've I've been through a lot more situations. I've seen a lot more. Um, and, you know, in 20 years, I'm going to look back on – twenty eight year old Kurt and be like, what a fucking idiot, man. Like oh, yeah. I should have done this. I didn't know shit. I'm on this podcast and like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and and I don't know, whatever. But
2: Well, you become a vet you know, there's a lot there's a lot of difference between a rookie quarterback and a veteran quarterback. You know what I mean? And they say that veteran quarterbacks have the ability, literally have the ability to slow time. And I feel like a, a good successful veteran deer hunter is the same thing like that, that 10 seconds is the same 10 seconds, but to somebody that hasn't had a bunch of exposure and an opportunity and hasn't blown it before that, that 10 seconds might seem like, you know, half a second where a veteran hunter that's been through that, you know, a dozen times, he can slow that 10 seconds to make it seem like 30 seconds and go through a mental process where it's like, yep, I've been here before. Check, check this, check that, Yeah, you know, and For me here in Michigan, that's really important because we don't have a, a a lot of large deer and big age structure. You're maybe gonna get one or two good opportunities a season and if you miss that, you know, you're yeah. you're kinda you're kinda you're kinda done. And I and I'm not saying obviously it's not a gimme anywhere you go. We we're saying whitetails are the hardest thing like yeah. to hunt, but it's it's tough here and you know that's why i mobile hunt that's why i try to invest in the best gear that i possibly can that's why i shoot my on uh, my bow year round is that uh when that opportunity presents itself i want to make sure that it's not my fault that i don't capitalize on it and uh, yeah. i don't want to be living in regret for the whole year waiting for the next bow season
0: Yep. And, dude, that's that's the thing, though. If something like that happens, you grow, man. You learn from that stuff. It's, I don't know, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, and even like going back to like, the beginning of the episode, talking about all the information grabbed from podcasts, you don't fully, in my opinion, you don't fully learn the information you take in for, as a bow hunter until you run yourself through or experience a situation because it's you're quick to forget a lot of things that you were told until you learn it for for yourself. Unless you are super disciplined in mindset, where you can really apply something you listen to over and over and over again to a certain situation of a one a one sixty inch ten pointer coming down the pipe. You know whether he's running in or walking slow. How how's your mind going to calculate that situation and calm your own nerves to to capitalize on that situation? You know, it's a lot of it is you have to be there. But, man, I, I guess if you grew up on podcasts and that's how you learn and you have some of the the OGs of this industry burying in the knowledge into your head and how to stay calm and the mindset, maybe you might be able to pull it off. But. Well,
1: I really think that, too, that you don't really learn unless you fail. Agreed. Oh, yeah. That's a fact. Like, if you fail, you're going to learn so much more than you will yeah. if you're successful every year. Yeah.
0: The concrete footings are there if you fail. Exactly. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's. You don't know how to deal with the emotional aspect of it and, like, the adrenaline thing. It, it would be, like, if you listen to a podcast about how to pick up women
1: <laughs> and you
2: listen to, like, a 100 episodes of it and then you went to the bar and you had a chance with, like, the super hot chick, well... Let's see how much of that you can remember in the heat. Well, of damn, all. that's a great analogy. It <laughs> is because you're going to fail like a motherfucker. God <laughs> damn, that's a yeah. great analogy. I love
0: that. That's maybe the best analogy I ever made on this podcast.
2: Uh, yeah, you're you're literally working against so many things. Like you're, you know what I mean. You get all these emotions going, and you don't know what to say, and you're nervous, and. Uh, Dude, hitting it's on a chick just, at a
0: bar is like hunting pressured public. Everybody's <laughs> trying to get there.
1: <laughs> that's that's a fact. <laughs>
2: it's it is, and it, it's just like you could spin it. I always I've always said to people, <laughs> like if you watch like, um, and I love these guys. I think they've put a, a ton of great content out. But if you watch Drury Outdoors. And and you think you're going to just take that and go into the woods and be successful? It was it would be like listening to a podcast done by Brad Pitt about hooking up with women, and then trying to go to the bar and hook up with women. You're like, <laughs> I don't know. He said all I have to do is go in and buy him a drink, and then the next thing you know, they want to go home with me, and it's not working out. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that's a good analogy you're gonna, too. You're going to have to spin this a couple different ways, and yeah, you're going to have to try and fail. And you're going to have to figure out what works for you. And there is, you know, we have a huge problem here in our state with people not shooting antlerless deer. It is a major, major problem. We have so much access to so like a, um, a ton of tags for antlerless deer and, and people are just reluctant to do it. You know, you'll get the old timers and different people that rather go out and shoot a year and a half old buck than fill an antlerless tag. And I can't grasp why, you know, why that is. And I I feel it's so important for guys to go out and punch a bunch of antlerless tags so that when the time comes and you do have to draw your bow and anchor in and your heartbeat's going through your chest, you're like, all right, I've been here once or twice already this season, or I've made this mistake. I'm not going to make it again. Don't make it on the buck of a lifetime. Like get, (laughs) get, you know, get, get some experience, get it under your belt. And uh, that way when the opportunity does Present itself when there is that smoking hot chick at
0: the bar you don't blow it you know yeah i love it it's i mean true. it's a it's a great comparison yeah. but it's real yeah. i enjoyed this podcast because we we kind of we're a little all over the place but
1: yeah, it was good, but, but
0: also focused in more mindset yeah mm-hmm. and i think this is a good pre-conversation to have before we start thinking about mindset and game plans and tactics and all the shit that's gonna happen in just over a month we're, we're a month away yeah just a month yeah, away. About a month away, exactly. Woof. Um,
1: yeah. I'm so not
2: ready. Gonna, <laughs> nah, not either. <laughs> Big oof. It's going to go by so fast. I know. Too. I'm scared. Like, <laughs> the, fall, <laughs> the fall moves so, like, <clears throat> time accelerates in the fall, and you see it through the change in the season. Like, yeah. literally every five days, it's a different scene, you know, and the, the time just moves so fast in the fall. You're like, yeah. Wow, everything's green. Wow, everything's beautiful. What the fuck? Everything's dead. Yeah. Right. I know? mean, you have
0: a month and a half and, the, and everything's off. You think from October 1st through mid November, it's cold. Yeah. Hopefully it's, it's, it's cold. It's totally different.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, you know? <laughs> and then we're, it's worth praying it's cold. And then right. it's winter and
0: then, you know, there's your hunting season. Boom.
2: And it's just unfortunate. Uh, it's the best time of the year and it's the fastest time moves I know, all man. year. It really sucks. Oh, yeah.
0: I know, I do, but I, I do think, I think I do a pretty good job of living in the moment when you wake up and you're like,
1: oh, man, it's could the you imagine, time we live for. If, could you imagine though if deer season was all year long? It wouldn't be the same. It would know. not be no, the same at all. It, it would it'd not be, be like, the same. It would be like driving your be, car. Yeah. It's the same shit same you do every day. You'd never hunt.
2: Yeah. I don't know if any of you guys are married, but it would be like your wife never saying no, you know? It'd be like, <laughs> my wife never tells me no. So, <laughs> well, you must have some different shit going on than ninety percent of the people that I know. But the the fact that I'm getting at is it, be like eating steak every single night. You know, you could eat steak every single night, and at some point, you're going to get sick of steak. And yeah, I think more. that's why the fall and deer season is so special, is because like. It's a it's a fast moving pace through that time of year, and it's here and gone. And it's like, man, you got to do everything you possibly can to uh, to soak it up and soak it in. And yeah, yeah, man, there's never been a better time to to, to be a deer deer hunter, like we were saying. You know the Agreed. the access to good good information and, and good gear. Uh, I've made some big mistakes over the last couple of years. Um, I've been super guilty of being an asshole with my trail cameras and just polluting my areas. And it's like this little addiction that I, you know, it gives you that false bump bump of confidence when you go in there and you get a good picture and it just like, it feels good. And you, it, it gives you a bump, a bump of confidence. But I think we're all,
1: I think we're all
0: guilty of that at some point or another. That's why I pulled out so hard this year on that stuff, man. I haven't, I haven't stepped foot in the woods
2: Yeah, all year. It's helpful, you know, having a young family and working full time and actually not having the time to be able to go do that is yeah. like, uh, yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. And I, have made a conscious effort this season that I run, th- uh, three tiers of trail cameras. So I have a uh, tier. Well, tier three is basically the cameras that are not impactful to deer activity. I more or less have them out to monitor and get night intel to see what deer are coming from which way what deer are in the area but these are cameras that i can go out any day of the week i can check them and i'm not screwing up my deer hunting but it's still giving me data that i'm going to use for deciding on where and when i'm going to hunt yeah the second the second tier is i'll check those periodically through the season you know maybe every week or every two weeks that i know that i'm having an impact but i feel like collecting that data is more of a pro than a con that it is for me polluting the area for the limited time that i have i can't i can't justify wasting my time sitting somewhere where it's not going on i'm not the kind of guy that's getting out there like smelling smelling the tracks and like oh yeah he's a five and a half year old and he went this way you know what I mean Like, yeah. I'm, I am not there dude I do not have that kind of time uh, or exposure and have spent that kind of time in the woods to understand that stuff so I use cameras heavily and then my first tier is the cameras that are set up basically in the thick stuff where I think deer are going to be spending their time when the pressure gets put on that I know if I go in there those deer are going to be going elsewhere but I will use that the year after and the years to come to know what happened here last year because deer definitely repeat those patterns and I've been doing that now for like two years and I feel good about this year yeah about my approach and where I'm going to be and where I'm going to be spending my time and I, I do feel that I've I've ran a ample amount of cameras over the last couple of years and I'll, I know people, there's some people that will say that cameras are the devil and they'll make you a worse hunter, but if you're just, if you can, if you can fight off the demons to go check those things all the time and actually use that information, you, they collect so much data, and uh, especially if you have cameras, I mean, you guys are using the lone wolf ones now, they do yep. video, I'm assuming they have high quality audio.
0: Oh yeah, dude, the audio like, actually is like insanely good on them.
2: Yeah, you capture so much information that you just wouldn't otherwise have. And after a couple of years, you're like, no, I kind of know in this area at this time, the deer do this. And uh, I feel like I definitely have a leg up going into the season well, on a couple deer.
0: Well, I was, I was going to say, I'll tell you, all my trail cams right now are, in your words, tier three, like stuff I can buzz over on the ranger, check them. And I'm only checking them every three weeks. And this weekend, I'm going to set some tier three and some tier two. But other than that, like I'm kind of doing an experiment with like what changed with was with my season. As far as like not stepping foot in the actual woods at all, like everything I'm doing is field edge fringe type. I'm not going anywhere where a buck might be bedded. I'm I'm just trying to stay as low impact as possible and not fuck around
1: in there when I don't need to be. And right. A lot of those tier threes, though, I think for myself, is those ones where my stands are that I'm going to check when I go in to hunt that stand. Yeah, that's or, the only time you go in yeah. to check them.
0: Well, a lot of the, like the tier ones, like I, I like that tier process. That's pretty I cool. Do too. But you can like, oh yeah, my tier one. I'm only going in because the wind's right here, and I'm going in to hunt there anyway. I'll check it on the way in or on the way out and whatever. And uh, but yeah, I'm I'm as least impactful as possible. Especially on my lease because it's not the best property, but I know there is deer that move through there or do bed there now and then hit the neighbors for the crop. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to feather that throttle a little bit, so we'll time it out. We'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, my mindset with the cameras and anytime I go out and do any scouting or anything in the woods now is that uh, I think of it as this: like I have muddy boots on and I'm going into a house with white carpet. Like deer, yep. are so they're so. They're they're so dialed in with how they can smell. Like they know you're there. I mean, for literally days after. So, you know, if you walked down, if you walked in front of somebody's sidewalk, or if you walked in front of somebody's house on a sidewalk with muddy boots, like they might notice it, but it's not gonna concern them really. They'd be like, huh why was why is there muddy tracks across the sidewalk? If you walked up to their doorstep with muddy tracks, you'd be like a little more concerned. You'd be like, huh all right, why did somebody, you know what I mean? Like there's no letter here stuck in the door. What were they doing? Mm-hmm. But if, if that door, if those tracks went inside your house, You'd be and a you're work like, dude, well, uh, I'm freaking out right now. Literally, why was somebody in my house? I think deer see that the, the same way, and I think about that every time that I go out there. So I'm always trying to disguise my activity. It's a little harder on public land, but on private, when I go in to hang those cameras, I've made the mistake of going in the spring before the green up and you hang them. And it's almost useless because the vegetation comes in. A lot of stuff gets blocked. Yep. You get a bunch of photos over the course of the summer They're that just are just cool. It's just not.
1: that one weed yeah. going back and forth 8,000 <laughs> times. You're you,
2: subjecting your cameras to punishment. That is uh short their lifespan. Cameras are expensive and cost money. Good ones do. And, you're not getting any useful intel from that. So I like to put them out like, you know, maybe around the 4th of July or even towards August. And if I'm going out on private land, I will take a chainsaw with me and uh, I will kind of disguise the activity as I'm going in there and cutting firewood. You know, I'll cut down a dead tree, chop some shit up. But what I'm really doing is going out there to hang a camera. And for me, where everywhere that I hunt, you know, people do cut firewood and stuff. So the deer are kind of used to that. I'll literally run a, on public land. I will take a leaf blower and fire that thing up and run it wide open when I walk through <laughs> the woods to let every deer know for a mile that, like, hey, some asshole's out here doing something super rad. I better get out of here. I'm not trying to. You're not bumping act. them off
0: a of bed by human activity. Yeah. By, yeah, by exactly. known human, like, walking or. Yeah. Hunter, hunter activity sneaking through the woods. Human activity would be running a leaf blower.
1: <laughs> but <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I see what I, you're I, saying, though. I, I, you know, a lot of guys do the coyote howl thing. And, well, if you're with a leaf blower, you're cleaning up the public ground while you're walking in, too. You're blowing leaves off your own trail. You're going to walk in to kill that big bug. Yeah, you're, you're, you're helping
2: yourself. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I, you're just you're really disturbing like the scent. The whole thing, I, I feel like you're throwing them a curveball. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you do things the same as everybody else, uh, you could have the same results. And on public land, any any little edge is different. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just a couple things that I do when I hang trail cameras. I definitely have, have – I've kind of thrown the sneakiness thing around the – you know, I've gotten rid of that because I just don't feel like you can beat a whitetail. You're literally going into their house, and it's just like I said, like with the the scent thing, the way those the way they smell, man. It's it's just like us walking on you know white carpet with muddy boots. They're gonna know that you were there. I like to camouflage my activity.
0: I like it. I think it, it's it, it makes seems sense. like it's wrong, but I think it's uh, it's a <laughs> yeah. good move. I, I mean, really though. Um,
2: well, yeah. You imagine somebody that's just sitting out there and some asshole comes <laughs> just storming through the woods, running a leaf blower wide open. They'll be like, what, what the in hell? the world are you thinking that you're doing? But um, obviously you can't take a chainsaw out on public land and disguise yourself that you're cutting firewood. So like I said, I just, if I'm going into a spot late in the year where I want to hang a camera that i want to let it soak all year i'm trying to disguise my activity by being just as disruptive to the area basically as possible i like it and, well that's uh, kind
0: of my method too with like running my uh, my side by side when i check cameras at my lease i leave 100%. it i leave it
2: running yeah tractors i mean farmers have that to their advantage you know the, the deer are used to that stuff it's the same thing you know with the chainsaw like i said my grandfather's been cutting firewood on our small farm for you know 40 years and the deer are used to that and it doesn't affect them and if anything it draws them in because they recognize that hey somebody dropped a tree there's probably going to be some some browse that's going to be left over i have literally gone out to the woods and cut a bunch of trees down and left a camera and within 45 minutes there's a pile of deer in there And they hear that noise for a mile away, and they recognize what's going on. There's going to be food on the ground, and they will come and check it out. If you go late late season and fall a tree out in the woods and sit there, uh, if there's deer that can hear that chainsaw running and they're hungry, dude, they'll be coming for it. I've seen that time and time again.
1: It might be a new tactic. I'm just gonna take a chainsaw <laughs> with me every time I go
2: hunting. <laughs> <laughs> <Kinda>. <laughs> I
1: mean, I get it. They, it makes they're used sense. To hearing those noises. Oh yeah,
0: dude. I um, I had a similar like one of my, my big eight pointer. Uh, when I shot him, when I was tracking him, he was bedded. I had to sneak up and put another arrow in him. There was somebody uh-huh. up doing like work like that in the woods, like not far either, like under a hundred yards on the neighboring property. And he didn't even bat an eye at it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even look that direction. Didn't care but it, it's normal shit for them.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they coexist with humans and they recognize hunting pressure for what it is because they've dealt with it for, you know, if you get, if you're talking about a four or a five year old deer, that's like talking about, that's like talking about a 40 or a 50 year old man. You know, they've, they've been around they've seen some stuff they've learned some lessons they learn real fast real quick and and they know what's you know what 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 could potentially get them killed and what's just normal things that are are going on and
1: yeah.
2: there, there's so much information i mean you know I, i've stole bits and pieces from different people's systems and then just kind of applied it to what i've seen in my local thing and twisted some stuff but it is funny man i I see i've had a couple big deer on some bean fields this summer that i'm like god man like i've been hesitant to even go out and put cameras out because it's like man that's by far would be the biggest deer that i've ever killed and i don't want to i don't want to mess this up so yeah i was like i literally need to scare the shit out of this deer so this thing runs away and i could get a camera hung because in the summer in the bean fields i mean to me, they'll be out there all times of the day as long as nobody's pestering them. You know, it seems like every couple hours they'll walk out there, they'll get a couple bites to eat, and then they'll go lay back down in the shade. You know that they're only 75, 50, 100 yards off of those bean fields. You know, they're they're not looking to be, uh, you know, five miles away into a, some secluded bedding area. They're they're laid right up on the food. so. Yeah. To try to get a camera out there and do that, and I've I've done that where I've gone out there with like the chainsaw or the leaf blower and ran that thing wide open. Watch the deer run out of the thing. Go hang a camera, and within ten minutes, the deer's coming back out of the woods. You know what I mean? Because they just didn't recognize that as a hunter or being some. They've type never of been killed a by a threat. A threat. They've never <laughs> been killed by right. a leaf blower. No. No chainsaws ever cut them in half. You know.
0: Till now. <laughs> <laughs> So. I mean, it's a good tactic, man. It's something to think about. Um, Definitely something to think about. I like it, um, dude. I think it's time for us to wrap it up and get some dinner and 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 do this thing. So I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It was fine to find. It was good to finally connect and do this. I'm excited to come back on your show and do this thing, um, just in reverse, and and talk hunting, man. It's always good talk to another hunter, talk to another podcaster, talk to someone that shares the same passion and, and understands it, it. yes yeah, so we appreciate your time man and thank you for coming back on
2: i appreciate it too and i i think it's something to look at and bring up as, you know talked a lot it would be it would be very easy for us like you said uh, that we work in the same space to be like competitive and the manner in which we both talk like to not have a good relationship
1: <laughs> right you know what i mean like yeah.
2: some, some super simple things could happen it was like just the bows that we shoot, the tree stands that we choose, and everything. But you know, I value our relationship, and I value you guys having me on here, and I value these conversations. And I'll say the same thing in return. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, here in just a couple weeks when we get you know a couple more minutes to have you on, on my show, and kind of uncover everything that you guys have been going through and what your season holds and we'll kind of be getting I mean we're going to be literally getting right into right into the meat and potatoes of starting our season at that point so it'll work out it'll work out really good I'm looking forward to it so and I appreciate how hard you guys work and all the content I mean you guys physically get together and put a lot of time into it so it's a cool deal it's fun to be part of
0: right yeah man for sure well man we appreciate you. you want to close out on anything where can people find you find your podcast find the film all that stuff
2: yeah, absolutely. If, I mean, we're a month away from deer season. If anybody wants anything to watch to get a little jacked up for the 2019 deer season, they can watch our film at deerhunterpodcast.com, uh, order the DVD. The links are all through our social media. Everything's, you know, Deer Hunter Podcast. It's, uh, it's relatively easy to find. Uh, I know we're all just deer hunters. I got to make it easy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, yep that's that's uh that's it in a nutshell and uh this was just our first project we aspire to uh and have plans to do a a couple more films and a couple more projects so uh i hope you know so far it's been very well received and uh i look forward to people checking it out and i appreciate you guys having me on to to share the details about it
0: hell yeah man that's what it's all about i and uh I'm looking forward to the season, man. Hopefully we will kill big bucks no matter what equipment you use. And I'll close it out on we appreciate you listening, and you know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.